listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au headed around the turn, two metres to Bosch, Village Kid boxed up, Gamalite coming three deep, Gamorrow four wide, but Prochevalier clear in the straight, he pulls the whip on him, he's two or three metres in front, Gamorrow coming down the outside, Village Kid trying to get out, Prochevalier in front, Village Kid gets out, too late, and Prochevalier's won the Inter-Dominion, two metres to Village Kid and nose away Two there. top horses from the West fighting out the Inter-Dominion final in 1985, but Prochevalier, I think he won his first six in a row in the West, he retired with 41 wins from 56 starts, trained by Barry Perkins, of course. And, Chris, I, I reckon as we count down to Inter-Dominion here at, uh, in Brisbane in December, we should play quite a few Inter-Dominion finals over the, over the coming weeks. What do you reckon? It sounds good to me, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. There's been some epic grand finals, not only with the Pacers, but the Trotters as well. And we've got both divisions like it was back in 2001. You'll start take a moment, both proving triumphant, and we're going to have two champions crowned again. And it's only six weeks away. I think it's six weeks tomorrow until round one of the 2023 series. Just in regards to the favourite at this stage, Leap to Fame, do you think he'll his next run will be night one, or do you think he may have one lead up or a race in Brisbane leading into that, Chris, or maybe a couple of runs? It's a good question. I think we'll see him before the first night of heat. So I, I know we've got a couple of features coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We've got the Be Good Johnny Sprint, the Queensland Cup. I don't think we'll see him in both, but I'm expecting him to go around in one. And if I was to pick one, I'm certain it's going to be the Queensland Cup. So I think that's probably the only time we'll see him before that first round of uh, action on December 1. So to answer your question, I think fans will get to see him one more time before the series gets underway. Not sure if you heard my chat earlier with Jason Scott, but we spoke about the Greyhounds and also Harness as well. Just the latest, trying to get that extension to stay at Albion Park until 2026, Chris. Well, I missed that chat, Steve. I had some other commitments on this morning, but uh, is it likely... He's hopeful okay. that he can work with the Olympic Committee there and stay for longer. All right. There is a difference, though, isn't there? Likely and hopeful. Well, I suppose, yeah, until it's, mm. um, you know, you don't want to give people false hope, but, um, but yeah, I'd say more leaning towards staying on. Um, okay. In that regard. Our first guest is with us. Well, let's talk about a very good horse, uh, Luxa Turner. This filly is unbeaten, Steve. Eight starts, eight victories. Last week, she was able to take her semi-final of the Breeders' Challenge. She's the clear favourite for the final, which comes up on Sunday week down there in Sydney at Menangle. And she paced the mile last week. This is a two-year-old filly in 52-2. She trialled uh, only a, about 10 days prior to that victory last week, and, and she went 51-8. She's a very good filly. She's by that boom stallion captain, Treacherous. She's raced here in Brisbane by the Lespina family. Rosario joins us now. Rosario, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. I've got to ask, where are you based right now? As we know, you're an operatic tennis, so you could be anywhere in the world. Where are you right now? Right now, I'm in Sydney, and we're rehearsing uh, Wagner's Ring Cycle. It's a massive production that's actually coming up to Brisbane. Uh, so I'll throw in a plug for it, in uh, early December until the mid-December. It's uh, okay. about gods and all sorts of uh, incredible things with, you know, wonderful tunes that 
people will recognise. We'll only give you a plug if you give us a few bars, or a bar at least. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll know the famous tune from it, The Ride of the Valkyrie. That's pretty famous. Okay, so rehearsals are underway. So when does it take place in Sydney? Uh, it doesn't. We just Because Opera Australia is based in Sydney, the whole company's rehearsing here, and then sure. we all move up to Brisbane. Um, I'm, I'm actually coming up on Saturday. All right, excellent. Let's talk about this, Philly. Yeah. And, and many keep talking about this production line that, you know, you guys have created because it seems year after year you keep producing top juveniles, Colts, Phillies, doesn't matter, last year it was Tardelli, now you've got this Philly Luxa Turner. You've got a wonderful breed. We've, we've been really fortunate, uh, Chris. You know, like we, we went to the sales and, and we bought a mum, I think, for about 20 grand. And, um, you know, she did, a, she did a good job. She had some bad luck because she lost an eye, um, which was unfortunate. But she had plenty of speed, but she would do things wrong, especially in the beginning. And I've always thought if a horse has got some, you know, that, that natural speed, then, you know, they can produce something. It's hard to sort of put that into them. Um, so, yeah, we've been lucky. And then there's the other side with the Tardellis family that we've had for a long time. Um, we've been sort of lucky to, you know, produce. There's been some, you know, ordinary ones as well. Like, you know, everyone will, will know that you get the good ones with the bad ones. But uh, fortunately, there's some that sort of keep us, you know, keep us going. And, yeah, we never take it for granted, that's for sure. Okay. So just with that mare, the arch nemesis, the mum of Luxa Turner, some of her other foals include Crunch Time, Captain Crusader. They were wicked fast horses. And this filly's got that same sort of ability. She's gone 52-2 for a two-year-old filly. She's unbeaten. So at this stage, can you rank one above the other? I think, well, you know, just going by what Ricky says, is that she's probably the best because she's got the best all-round game. Um, you know, Crunch Time was crazy, as we all know, but he had electric speed. Um, but he was just hard to train. Um, Captain Crusader was a beautiful natured horse with great speed, but might have lacked that little bit of strength. Whereas this girl seems seems to have, you know, both. She has the speed, gait, and, and most importantly, manners. Okay. So is this final worth big money next Sunday? Is it out of her mercy, or do you have a lot of respect for the other semi-final winner last week, the, the Emma Stewart train renewal? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you don't take, you know, Emma's horses seriously, then, you you know, that's at your own peril because they just know how to win big races and they just win big races week after week. It's, I was going to say month to month, but basically week to week. So if you don't respect them, and then, of course, barrier draws. Like, I know we drew wide last week and we really had to light her up and that's, I think, the first time we've really done that with her. But um, the second horse was really good, elusive, you know, and, if, again, if we draw out wide and they draw two and three I mean you know these Phillies they, they, they're going to run at I would imagine at least 52 so you don't want to be out wide or parked I don't I really don't care how good you are it's just it becomes really difficult but she has got an all-round game she just doesn't have to be driven on the front end she can sit up and really really sprint when um when you ask her to so Ricky's done a great job as so and um you know uh Ricky Hunt is his foreman as well and the whole team down there so hopefully they've got a, and I'm sure they will, they'll have a peaking for, for Sunday. That's a grand grand final at this stage. All right. So, so far this season, Group 3 Pink Bonnet, Group 1 Gold Tiara, the Rich Nutrient Phillies final, and hopefully this Group 1 uh, New South Wales Breeders Challenge. Is that it for her season then, or is there another target after next weekend? Well, there's the Breeders' Crown, but we just want to get Sunday out of the way and then sort of make a decision on that because it's just becoming so difficult to give them a break. 
if you want to have a crack at the New South Wales Oaks. So it'll be sort of, I'm guessing it'll be one or the other, but that call will be left up to Ricky. If he if he says, look, she's jumping out of the skin, she's fine, because we actually haven't over-raced her. We've, we've been able to give her sort of, you know, breaks. After Bathurst, she had a nice a nice break because we knew that there'd be stuff coming up at the back end of the season. Um, but she's done more than enough for a two-year-old season. So, if we, you know, if we pull the pin on, on Sunday week, then, you know, it's great, win, lose or draw. But we'll see if she comes through and she's fine and Ricky says, look, you know, there are only two you know, once and uh, we'll have a go, then we'll do what he says. Is there a race next year as a three-year-old that you would love to win with her? Uh, well, we've never won a, a, a Queensland Oaks, you know, being from Brisbane and winning that. I mean, it's not the highest prize money race, but it's a, it's a race that's, you know, got a lot of history. And, I mean, I'd love to say the rising sun, but, you know, a three-year-old filly against seasoned, you know, horses, seasoned four-year-olds, and it's very, very difficult. But um, who knows? You know, that, 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 again, that would be a call left up. I mean, there's a long way to go. But the problem we're going to face with her is the, the grading system. Basically, she'll, she's going to come back almost as a free-for-aller, as a three-year-old filly, which is insane. I mean, I know she's good and everything, but I think it's just crazy that they, they don't get a chance to basically have a, at least a run or two in a lower grade like they used to. Mm. Yeah, it's so, a good point. She's, she's going to really struggle with the grading system. That's going to be hard. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What about for your dad? Uh, you know, it, does this filly put a spring in his step? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, he's just feels so much pride and he just, just gets such a kick out of, of watching her go around and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just thrilled and excited for him, basically, because, you know, he's had a love for them for a long time and, and you know, to get to get nice horses is what we're all in it for and um, it's just, yeah, seeing him get a thrill is, is gives me the biggest thrill too, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. I've asked you this question before, but I just want to delve a little deeper. The naming of this filly, it has nothing to do with the Metallica song Luxa Turner. No. No, it doesn't. Even though I am a fan of Metallica and I do like their music. Um, there was, there's a part, it's, it's, it's the Verdi Requiem, which is a, it's quite a, you know, a, a gloomy piece, but there's this section in it called Luxa Turner, Eternal Light. And she was just such a lovely filly from, from basically the day she was broken in right through and I just thought well hopefully she can you know she can give us a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel all this sort of stuff I know it sounds <laughs> very weird but I thought well I wonder what suits that and then I went oh Lux Eternal Lux that sounds alright bang that was the name well the, the reason I brought this up I've listened to that song recently from Metallica and there's a line in that song that sort of reflects her they say in the song full speed or nothing that's yeah. like turn of your filly because she is exceptionally fast. Yeah, well, that's that's her. Um, that's a thing. She's she's explosive, and I mean the way she the way she got off the gate the other night, I was actually there at Menangle, and it was that first hundred meters was electric, and she's just got such a lovely gait. You know, she gives you that confidence. You can do that with her, but and then she still was able to get home in twenty six. I mean, it, yeah, like she blows my mind. I the these young horses that can do that, it's just, you stand back and you go, wow, you know, um, it is incredible. But she's very, very, very fast. 
Okay, well, let me ask this then. Are you more excited about this filly compared to, say, what Tardelli uh, did at the end of his campaign last year? Um, I think they're two different horses. Tardelli, uh, Ricky, was always battling something with him. There was always a growing, like, nothing major, but there were growing pains. And we were always trying to, he was always trying to patch him up to get him to the races, whereas that's why we're giving him a good break now. And I wouldn't drop off him because he's, he's, if he comes back how we think he will, he'll um, he'll he'll do a very very good job. But this filly is, yeah, I think she's one out of the box. I think she's something really special. Yeah, she um, certainly looks like it. Yeah, and trying to look at that as someone who's you know just a lover of, as you know, I am. I love the the races. I love the young racing, and I look at it as not as an owner, but as someone who who gets excited by a good horse. And um, she's yeah, she's just lovely to watch. Mm. Now, you've also got a, a few chances on Saturday night, so you're hoping to have a, a team of horses competing on this Super Sunday coming up next week. Uh, yeah. Three-year-old Colts and Gildings. Montalbano goes around. Uh, you've got Il Bandido, Van Basten, also in the same second semi-final. Can they yeah. or any of those trio qualify? I think it's going to be uh, a, a bit of a mountain to climb, especially poor old Montalbano stuck out in 10. He really needs to be sort of close to the fence. Um Il Bandito's a horse on the way up. He's um, He hasn't had that many starts. He's a chance if he could just lob on the fence and just throw the tow rope out and get dragged around. He's a chance of running, I think, you know, fifth, fourth or fifth. Van Basten is a really nice horse, but he's um, he's got a tricky draw as well. Where he's going to be, I, I, I just think these guys are going to run 50, you know. It won't surprise me at all if they're going that sort of speed. And if you're four or five lengths behind them, how how... how you make ground even if you're a really good horse it's it's mathematically becomes almost impossible but we live in hope we're in it and we're rolling the dice and i think later on there's the breeders um uh blue series not blue it's the um there's like the regional series which comes up in a few weeks after that's probably better for them because they're just that step below these really good ones like better be the best and uh um, well, I saw for real life was scratched and you know captain's knocking and they're, they're a length or two better than these guys at the moment yeah, sure. How many are going to be there Sunday week for the family? Uh, I think my dad and sister have already booked their tickets. I need to just check on my rehearsal schedule and see if I'm free. I think <laughs> I should be okay. Um, so, we'll, yeah, hopefully there'll be, you know, four or five of us down there to, to cheer on. How cranky would you be if they uh, des- decide to have rehearsals on uh, next Sunday? <laughs> yeah, it's unlikely. No, I think Sunday will be all right, but I'd love to get down the day before. But um, sometimes we do rehearse on Saturdays. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think I should be. Uh, I think I should be okay to get down there. Well, I missed the gold uh, crown last year when Tardelli won it. I was working in Adelaide, so I listened to that race an hour later, and I just made sure no one came near me, and I didn't check my phone so I could watch it without <laughs> knowing the result. And I was jumping up and down on Glenelg Beach at Adelaide. It was, yeah, it was a pretty funny spectacle for other people. I think. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, she's something very special, no question. So we look forward to seeing her on Sunday week. Good luck with the boys here on Saturday night. Continued success, Rosario. Uh, thanks, mate. Appreciate it and uh, great job that you do always uh, and every week. Awesome. We're going to go out with your your voice and the race as well. I've tried to, tried to do this. Let's see what works, Rosario. You ready for it? Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
28-2. He's about to let her go. They straighten up. The leader is Luxa Turner. Four metres two on the outside. Sweet Haley Jane. They were followed back on the inside. Nowhere to go. Sarah to Sloy and Stylish Lazarus. He hasn't really gone for her. He's kidding to them at the moment. Now he says, let's go, girl. And she quickly explodes away, Luxa Turner. She's put eight metres on them in the twinkling. And it's going to be lucky seven. Seven from seven for Luxa Turner. Rosario Laspina joining Chris Barsby. Chris Barsby with us, mobile rolling, and Jason Carkeats with us now. Chris, he's been waiting patiently as well, so we thank him for his time. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good man, and uh, Queensland hoping to have another representative in uh, the big New South Wales Breeders' Challenge finals coming up on Sunday week. Sky Blue steps out in the first semi-final for the three-year-old Phillies on Saturday night at Menangle. Jason Carkeat is one of the co-owners. He joins us now. Jase, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Can she qualify? Can she make her way into the big Group 1 final? Uh, yeah, definitely, I think. Um, she should definitely make the, the final, I hope. Um, but you can never be so confident. But, yeah, um, certainly uh, Thorny is. All right, well, that's a good sign. You, you've got to take on this star Victorian filly major delight. But in saying that, she's coming out of the recent Victoria Oak series, heat and final, and they were tough runs down there, and she's got the outside gate. This is a good time to get major delight, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, um, she's sort of come off that um, questionable injury that she had or, or what happened and um, and now coming back, you know, it's, it's hard for any, especially a filly, to, to deal with all that. All right. So your filly's had the three runs back down there. Are you happy yep. with the way she's going? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, I thought her last run was probably her best. Um, we changed a bit of shoeing um, between the, the run before and this one and uh, David's really thinks that's really helped her a lot. Mm, they were low flying in that race, 51.5. Yeah, yeah, and, and she's come from a long way back. You know, she ran 26.5, I think, down the back, 27 neat home. So um, she did come a good last half herself. Uh, this drawer on Saturday night looks ideal. She, she can be handy without being used too hard early. That's exactly. That, it, it's um, exactly that. Yeah, she can just float off the gate at her, her leisure. Um, we sort of found as she's got that little bit older, she doesn't really like burning off the gate. And she, if she is allowed to find her feet early and just um, get there handy, um, she really finishes off strong sectional. She's been so consistent her whole career, but do you feel she's better served on the bigger track at Menangle compared to Albion Park? Um, I, I, we we saw we've we've been lamenting over that idea. Um, over a few conversations with the other owners and I, I really don't think it I don't think she'd get the half but the, the certainly the, between the thousand and the 1400 meters I don't think there's that much between them okay now when do you book your tickets do you have to wait until after Saturday night you don't want to jump the gun early so what, what, what are you doing in that regard oh we've all jumped the gun early oh. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're pretty confident no, 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 nothing's been put into into stone yet. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck there with Sky Blue on Saturday night. The other one that I wanted to get an update on, uh, she's had uh, only a couple of starts, but uh, she's a good filly. She's already a feature race winner. Penny, when do we get to see her again? Um, well, she, she, 
she's having a good break. Um, you know, Jerome's he's very patient and um, and he has a vision in his pl- in his head of where we where, where we want to be. Um, so we're planning on giving her um, three months off now, um, but she's come back in for a month. She come back in for a month and had a little prep. So it was just keep it ticking over with yeah with nothing in mind, just just exercise. Um, then she's gone back out, um, and then we'll probably head down to Melbourne, Victoria, I think, because she is Vic bred. Okay, that, that that time off three months it sounds sort of extreme nowadays compared to what it used to be like. These short, sharp spells are the way to go. Well, that's how it seems nowadays. But for her, it could be the you know the the making of her because she wasn't overly big when she stepped out last campaign. So with that little bit of extra time, she could mature into a a good sized filly. And and that's exactly the thoughts we've had. You know, um, you know, we've watched her grow from day one, and we've never ever thought she's mature. She's we, I describe her as a soft filly. She's quite soft, um, and that was purely the the, the thoughts behind this um, to let her let her mature. Um, her mother was a better three and four year old. So. Um, yeah, I think going forward, I think it's definitely going to be the right move by Jerome. Yeah, no doubt. She's beautifully bred. She's a last-art listed classic winner. I'll tell you what, these Volsteads, they're up and about, aren't they? They are. They're certainly... Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, Ake, I, I talked to David Aiken a, a little bit, and he's got a filly down there he loves. Um, and you just hear it from all those guys, you know, that, that when you ask them what's their better trotter in the stable... They say Volstead. They've got a Volstead they like, you know. Um, um, I haven't heard people talk about that. This was 12 months ago. I haven't, I haven't heard people talk about horses like that really ever. Yeah. yeah. And he's got them up in North America and they're ticking along quite nicely up there as well. So he's a, a sire on the up, no question. Uh, Lady Digby, was she back at the trials the other day? She was, yeah, yeah. Over the moon with the trial. Leonard come in with um, glowing, glowing reports. Um, I, I just had to get him to... To, to talk honestly and, and he still was over the moon I, I thought he might have been just talking her up a little much but um, yeah no trial was solid she pulled up good after it we had a nom for Friday just a few little question marks with the blood um, obviously aiming at that uh, Q Bread for Life series um, early next month all right, excellent. Well, plenty to look forward to. Hopefully you've got your ticket stand for that Group 1 uh, New South Wales Breeders Challenge after Saturday night with another forward showing. I'm sure she'll run another ripper. I think she will definitely run another ripper. Thanks, Chris. There's Jason Carkey joining us. So uh, one of the co-owners and former trainer of Sky Blue. She's going around for David Thorne there on Saturday night at Menangle. But hopefully she'll get the job done and qualify for that big, rich uh, Group 1 feature on Sunday week. Saturday night, Albion Park. We've got a great program coming through. There's a really good free-for-all. Black Sedan, second up. Draws gate one. He's taking on the likes of Deus Ex, who's in form, aphorism in form, sender chasing three on the bounce. The trot race is a really good race as well. It's a mobile start as well. And all the major players, it seems, have drawn a little awkwardly. Some wide off the front row and a few off the second row. So it's not going to be clear-cut as far as the result is concerned. One of the key horses is Majestic Lavros. Now, he looks so good winning first up, but we haven't seen him. It's probably about six weeks, maybe just over six weeks since we last seen him. But he goes to the post here on Saturday night, and he's one that's got a tricky draw, the inside of the second row. Taylor Gillespie puts the polish on Majestic Lavros, and she joins us now. 
Taylor, appreciate the time. No worries. Good morning, Chris. What do we expect on the weekend here? Uh, like you say, it's a tricky draw. I'm not sure where he's going to end up in the run, um, if he'll even get to see daylight. But um, he's well. He, he looks the best since he's arrived since New Zealand. And his work's been good. So um, hopefully he gets a good run and he's right there in the finish. All right. Why the break between runs? It was early September when you produced him. He went 56 and a, a, a bit, or 56 and change. But why the break between runs? Uh, he just had a bit of a snotty nose um, the week after, and we opted to look after him and just um, yeah get him right again. But no, he's good to go. All right. I know last time we spoke, uh, there was some sort of plan about a, a possible Sydney trip. Given that the Inter Dominion is fast approaching, there, there's no chance of him going to Sydney. He stays in Brisbane now? Yeah, he'll stay in Brisbane. I think there's a trotter sprint coming up if we need to go into that. Um, but I guess we'll see how he goes Saturday night and where he sits in the rankings. I think he's just sitting outside the top 24. I think he's in 25. So we'll just see what happens after Saturday night. All right. Were you happy with that ranking when they released them? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Uh, we thought he should be in the 24, but, um, yeah, it's up to the horse now, I guess, to try and squeeze in there. OK. So with this race on Saturday night and given how the marbles have fallen, it, it's sort of hard to map. So what what sort of run do you want from Majestic Lavros uh, on, on Saturday night? Um, I just don't know if the one holds or not. I know I think the night we scratched him it did help hold up that night and lead um but yeah i'm just not sure what kind of run he's going to get um if he'll even be able to get off the fence and get out or if if the one holds and carries him all the way to the sprint lane i'm not sure um it just depends what happens in the run but you know he's good himself so yeah all right. Have you got a preference on what his best racing style would be? Because he led up when he went 56 and a piece uh, in that first up victory. But in the trials, he looked explosive coming off cover. So do you think he's a better front runner or a better follower? I think he's a better follower. Just looking back at his races in New Zealand, I think most of his wins have come from behind. Um, him being in front when he won his first up is probably not really... Um, usual style for him, but um, yeah, I think he's probably best with a with a follow up. All right, but whatever he does on the weekend, there's more to come. Yeah, definitely, he's going to need the run. Like you say, he hasn't raced for five or six weeks, so he'll need the run. But um, we're happy with him. Okay, well, that's the main thing. I've got to ask about a new horse that you've uh, recently taken care of. He's come across from New Zealand. His name is Creed. Do you like this guy? Yeah, he's nice, nice type of horse. Um, a bit lazy in track work, so we're taking him to the trials tomorrow to, to see what, what he does, but no, we're happy. I tell you what, he reads up all right. You go through those form lines and uh, he's been, um, you know, butting heads with a couple of nice ones over there in New Zealand. Yeah, his last run over there was super. He sat in the chair the whole way and I think he runs third. Um, they'll ride across the finish together. Um, so we're very excited to have him, very... Um, Thankful to Mark Gurry. He's another one that he's purchased for us. Um, so we're hoping he can do a good job. Yeah, he's a son of always be Mickey, and they're up and about at the moment. So any sort of plans, any short-term or long-term plans with Creek? Um, we're looking at the peak of the Creek. Uh, I think the heats are at the end of the month, and then um, I think there's some three-year-old races during the summer carnival here. So all being well, he'll be aiming for those. But I guess we'll just see where we're at tomorrow in the trial. 
All right. So what do you want from that trial? A, a, a strong, solid hit out? Yeah. Um, like I say, he's really lazy in track work. So um, <laughs> just want to see him go in there and, yeah, um, yeah, have a good hit out. Awesome. All right. Well, plenty to look forward to this weekend. He steps out of the trials and then Majestic Lavros in that really good trot race on Saturday night. Good luck later today and hopefully there's some winners there and uh, that rolls on across the weekend. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. There's Taylor Gillespie joining us. So Majestic Lavros uh, looking to overcome a tricky draw, the inside of the second row there on Saturday night at Albion Park. That's a good trot race there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Creed step out. He reads up very nicely, this former Kiwi, so a lot to look forward to there. Hey, we've got a great race coming through from the West tomorrow night. Ten race card at Gloucester Park. The feature is going to be race five, no question about it. Never ending. He goes around going up against Mr. Smarty. Mr. Smarty has gate one, never ending four. Uh, this is going to be a, a little bit of a dress rehearsal for the WA Derby, which is fast approaching. Our man in the West is Matty Young. He joins us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Will he be in beast mode, Matty, tomorrow night, never ending? Uh this is the race we've all been waiting for, Steve. To say good morning to you is um, it's the 2500 metre test, I guess. It's the uh, it's the only thing that he hasn't done, I guess, so far. He's won from back in the field. He's a dominant leader. Um, they've worked so hard on settling this horse, and from the draw, do they get sucked in and try and push him off the arm? He has done things wrong before when they have tried to push him off the arm, so. I don't know, there's just there's a few little question marks there that uh, no doubt he can answer, and I think he will answer, but there's just a couple of little queries that I'm looking forward to seeing him um, just silence any knockers that are around him because uh, 2,500 metres, if he settles, I think we could see a, a dominant display, something like, you know, Tillsby Corita won a pacing cup in the mid-2000s um, by a big space when he's first run into open company and I think uh, never any could put a performance in similar to that if he's able to get to the top and just roll along. I noticed on the Australian Harness website they had him the second favourite behind Mr Smarty but uh, further investigation he's about a dollar twenty chance never ending in this race. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know how that uh, discrepancy's happened on the HRA <laughs> website, but I mean, Be if they're framing, framing a market, I reckon, um, yeah, they'd be they'd be holding a bit. That's for sure. <laughs> the old paper prices strike again, eh? Oh, just yeah, just yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's going to start deep into the red, but you're confident that he gets the job done. Yeah, I'm confident. I think. Um, well, I, I, it's an interesting race because of Mr. Smarties. They've already come out and said, and I, I found it to be a very interesting comment from Gary Hall Senior saying that he doesn't think he's at, at his top at this stage. Um, and it made it sound like they're going to try and sit on Neverending. But at the same time, Neverending's a horse who hasn't really been pushed off the arm too much and has done things wrong, as I mentioned. And Mr. Smarties not the greatest beginner as well. So... Now that seniors come out and said that they probably look to take cover, well, I think that's just invited some pressure. So I think there's going to be a few that will come out the gate and have a look. So that is why I think Junior won't really get involved. He'll just try and find a position early and then let everything settle, let the dust settle, and then he'll make his move and make his decisions as he goes because he knows that he's got the horse with the push-button acceleration to be able to overcome basically anything that's thrown at him in this race. So... Um, 
Yeah. I, I'm expecting him to win, but I think it'll be a very intriguing affair tactical-wise. There'll be a lot of cat and mouse. OK, so who's likely to, uh, you know, throw a spanner in the works early then if Mr Smarty never-ending aren't sort of, you know, you know, going hard up front? Well, Rocket City's very quick out. Um, so I think Rocket City could nearly cross and lead this race early. And then uh, he very well may wait for never-ending and just take the cover. So Rocket City's won. Mickey's Beach has got some speed. Whether Justin Prenner sends that horse off the arm, we saw he nearly beat Mr Smarty last week, but he flew out. Um, he got a little bit keen in the run, but at the same time, his performance was outstanding. Lusark has also got a lot of speed. So uh, you've got a horse from Dylan Edgen and Green Stable, Justin Prentice Stable, as well as uh, the Team Bond Stable that could have a little bit of a look early. So there is there is some speed there, and Rocket City is probably the big one. I can see Dylan Edgen and Green, his eyes will light up thinking he can get around Mr Smarty, which then increases his chances of being able to run top three with this horse and cement a spot in the WA Derby. Okay. The other big race coming through tomorrow night is the Schrader. This is a Group 3 $50,000 race. It's for the fillies and mares. The obvious omission is Wonderful to Fly. Where's Wonderful to Fly? Uh, she's had a, a hoof abscess come out in this week and Shane thought that she would be okay for Friday, but he didn't want to risk it for the sake of this race. He was quite happy just to... Give it a miss and uh, focus on because she's got the Mayor's Classic Golden Nugget and if she's going well enough, he may even nominate her for the WA Pacing Cup. So um, he's he's happy with her and he's just yeah, erring on the side of caution. But yeah, no doubt um, that piques the interest of a lot of people because uh, thinking there might be something not 100% with her, but apparently it's uh, just a foot abscess, so nothing to really fear. Okay, so that race then tomorrow night, uh, Cyclone Charlotte, is she likely to, uh, to be the favourite for that event? Yeah, she'll be the favourite in the event. Uh, the race was really put on for her last week and she did the job and she was able to win. It was a good drive by Dylan Edgett and Green. Beyond the Sea was outstanding again in the second place. Can't buy a barrier draw beyond the seas, drawing the car park again, but she should be getting home nicely from there. Stormy Skies will run a good race, has drawn the pole and she's a very good front runner and she's... Uh, really uh, put it up to Wonderful to Fly before and also Steno. So uh, she's been able to beat some nice mares in her time, Stormy Skies. And taking the mickey, I don't think you could have had a better first up run. It was drawn lovely. And I thought Born to Boogie's first up run behind Wonderful to Fly was outstanding. So there's Cyclone Charlotte is the favourite, but there's about uh, five or six really strong winning chances for the race. OK. Was Steno unlucky not to be in that field? She's listed as the emergency. Yeah, she's a late nomination. Likewise, okay. uh, turn the page, we're both late nominations, so they couldn't get a start. But if Seno does get in and draws the front line, uh, she becomes probably uh, close to the favourite in the race because of how much speed she's got. So, uh, yeah, pretty stiff not to um, get in, but under normal racing conditions, she would be in. But being a late nomination, she had to miss out. OK, fair enough. We need a winner for tomorrow night. Where do we find your best bet? Well, we need a winner, all right? We'll, I feel like I've been slacking off as of late, so we need to uh, get back into the winner's list, and I think we can do so with race three, number one, Thompson Bay. Uh, he was a good winner two starts ago. He went 54.5 for the mile, and uh, he's just improving beautifully through the preparation. He's won nine of 16 at this distance. Over the 21.30, he's got the gate speed to lead, and I think he can just control and then... Um, be rated well out in front. Stuart McDonald's in good form as well. So I'm going Thompson Bay race. Three, number one, Thompson Bay is my best bet.
All right, race three, number one. You've got to keep a, an eye out for a horse that's arrived over there in Perth, Chimmy Churi, going to the stables of Gary Hall Senior. He'll obviously line up in those four-year-old features, the Nuggets, so looks like he's a pretty fair horse. Yeah, yeah, Chimmy Churi, we've also got... So there's another one that's over here um, that's uh, getting a decent rap behind the scenes without uh, being at a, at a race at this stage is um, Ruben's Blight, so... Um, He's, yeah, he's with Michael George. I'm hearing good things about him too uh, with his track work. So there's a couple there, of course, mm. with uh, the uh, Miles and Ronnie coming across as well. We've got a few interstate raiders heading towards WA and really looking forward to uh, the additions that they will and the interest that they'll throw into our features going forward. And you'll be watching Launceston Saturday night very closely. You've got Gary Hall Jr. there driving a heap of races, most of them, and Shannon Chivalka. Uh, Shannon Savalko in that Australian Drivers Championship <laughs> Series. I'll get it out eventually. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Junior there in Tassie. Uh, I think he's been there once before with Ryan Warwick. So, yeah, going with Shannon. Shannon drives uh, those tracks really well. And Junior, we know he's just a freak. So... Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, them represent WA. Not beyond the realms, Ben and Ben Yale train the program. No, that wouldn't surprise me. When you have 90% of the horses, you'd probably go pretty close. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> hey, Matty, appreciate the time. We'll talk next week. Cheers, guys.